Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly paddle podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. Uh, so we've got a pretty big episode, I think. Uh, what, what, what are your take on it, Hugo? We do indeed. Um, hi, everyone. Very, very excited. It's that time of the week again. Um, and uh, I mean, to be honest, it's always a good time to talk about a good time to talk about paddle, isn't it, Gons? Indeed, uh, especially I think after the week we've had and, and what we've seen at Brussels. So, I mean, just before going into any topics, I'd just love to get your high level views. What did you think about Brussels? Um, did you enjoy the tournament? I thought, to be honest, I thought it was a fantastic tournament. I know um, people probably could say that, you know, the finals and the, the outcome, the winners, it's all been pretty predictable because obviously both you know, in the men's and the women's, the number one seeded one, and it was the top two seeds that made the final. Um, however, uh, um, when you look at, you know, the games themselves, um, how tight both finals were, um, I thought it was, a, you know, and also, you know, something that hopefully we'll, we'll delve into a bit deeper later on in terms of how different the court was to, um, you know, the court uh, last tournament. Um yeah, I thought I thought it was fantastic, and uh, you know, Dabian Goya even closer to uh, becoming number ones in the world, which would be a massive change, um, given that you know the number one pair has been the same for over three years. So for me, it's been yeah a great great tournament. What about you, Gons? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think it's been a a tournament full of like amazing paddle. I think the start of the year we saw. Um, very different style of paddle that we've seen in this latest tournament. I think at the beginning of the year, it was very much focused on attacking, uh, focused on, you know, smashes, getting the ball out of the core. Um, that's why we've seen, obviously, Tapia Coyo completely dominate. Um, and even like, you know, uh, Libak and Ausburger, who are also like very good in the air, managed to make a final, even though they're just like very young. Um, and for sure up and coming talents. But I think the paddle that we've seen at, at Brussels was really, really refreshing. Um, you know, I think the level of paddle in terms of like playing Chiquitas, constructing the point, um, obviously when you had the chance to go for, you know, a, a smash, people went for it. Um, but that's, I think, the sort of paddle that you want to see. Um, obviously, it's also sometimes crazy to see Tapia, you know, hitting a Portres uh, back from his his own line, uh, his own serving sure, line. For sure. But, you know, I, I do love, like, the kind of paddle that, like, really um, rewards those that, like, construct the point really well, move the players around, um, and, then, uh, and then are able to finish the point off. Um, I think that's why, you know, the final was so good um, because it's, it was almost like a chess match. Um, you know, the level of bullying... Um, when you saw both of the, like the four players at the front of the court volleying with each other and stuff, um, it was great. Uh, so, so yeah, I think hopefully, you know, more tournaments like that um, would be very helpful. You know, the, the, the amount of games as well that went to three sets, I think as opposed to other tournaments was, was quite surprising. So that's obviously great to see such competitiveness. Agreed. Um, but yeah, I think going into that a bit more, um, obviously the, the main reason for that, and and to give context to 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 the to the listeners and the viewers as well, is it's just mainly because of the the conditions of the court. Um, you know, anything from like humidity, the balls, 
um, altitude, the glass and, and the surface as well, even though technically the surface doesn't change as such, like for example, like in tennis. Um, but that has like an incredible effect on how the ball bounces. Um, and so we, we saw a slow, slower court, which essentially means that the ball doesn't go out the court as easily. So players have to be more like, I can't take as many risks in terms of like smashing the ball. So I, I guess that like, you know, it, it sort of leads us to the question of are, you know, are, are slower courts better for paddle? Do you prefer faster paced courts where the points can just be really quick? What are your views on that, Hugo? I mean, yeah, it's it's a good question. I'd say for me, it's great to have all, all kinds of courts, all types, um, because at the end of the day, you look at tennis, obviously being, you know, the most similar sport and you've got different surfaces. Um, I've even thought, you know, in uh, in my own time, would it be possible to have different surfaces? I don't know whether they would be clay or grass, but imagine how, you know, cool and different it would be if um, if some tournaments were played on clay or on, um, on a hard court. Because actually, uh, you know, some people may not know, but um, a lot of paddle courts when paddle started in the 70s and, and 80s were actually hard courts. Um, so it's a very, it was a very, very different game, very fast. Um, and to be honest, I think it would be pretty easy to, to bring hard courts back. I don't know how viable clay or grass would be because it could be a bit dangerous, players slipping, given that it's a faster sport compared to tennis. But I think it'd be really interesting. And going back to your question, I, I mean, I've got to be honest, I like variety. I think it's great to, you know, have a week where players are playing on very fast courts and, you know, the matches are very aggressive players try to win the points very quickly if they rely on their smash and then the week after you've got you know a completely different set of conditions and players have to adapt their game um so in my opinion it, it's great um i think it, it's very good for paddle and i think they should keep uh you know this variety and they already do in terms of you know um as you said before conditions are very different when you play indoor and outdoor and obviously they've got both you know there's a lot of tournaments that are indoor and a lot of tournaments that are outdoor. So I think, yeah, I think it's great for battle and it makes it really fun and very, you know, adds a, another element to it. I don't know what your thoughts are. For sure. Uh, I think I've, I'm also not the, well, you're not the only one that's thought about uh, different surfaces for paddle as well. But I think <laughs> just looking at the variety of like game styles just between how it currently is, to be honest, I don't even think that you need actual different surfaces because that's just, the game changes so much. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I still um, love to see, as I was mentioning before, you know, Tapia or Coelho just, you know, from their own line, almost like like smashing a perfect lob that was like going <laughs> to land like a centimeter of the wall and they still somehow managed to get it out. Um, I think that's still, you know, the technique of that shot is, is incredible um so it's still for sure you know if you're able to pull that off like in, in a way you should should be rewarded um and and you know it also like means that players have to train um differently you know depending on on when they arrive to different places and, and, and tournaments um but having that different variety i think i think it's great um obviously as well when you know a court is like slower and you have to play a different type of paddle um, that's obviously great to see. And I think like we've seen this this week all along. Um, so, yeah, I think 
personally, I don't think they need to add any surfaces or anything like that. And I think how they have it now um, is sort of covers, you know, uh, a bit of like, I guess, the, the, the both ends of the spectrum. They're very, the players that love that tactical game of paddle, but also the players that are like just, you know, people that love that quick, you know, um, air threat type paddle. Um, I, I mean, guess- I think the the only thing, and, and yeah, you know, if I may, the only thing I I would like to see, because you know, you obviously say, and we've seen that um, this slower court allows players that are, you know, potentially more tactical and don't have such great smash or aren't as good at volleying. It, it gives them more of a chance to, well, to, to succeed, as per se. But um, even then, Goyo and Dabia have been so dominant um, and, and they managed to win it. So, you know, does that mean that potentially adding a new surface you know I'd, I'd love to see whether a different surface would actually you know maybe it would stop players from being able to smash and, and you know bring the ball back from there from behind the line I think it'd be yeah re- really cool to see um to see a different surface but you know uh, obviously it's a it's only an opinion and actually I did want to ask you one thing um and maybe you know after that we can uh, delve a bit deeper into into the into different topics but um who was the MVP for you? Oof, that is such a great question. Um, I think I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with uh, no with Tapia actually. Sorry, um, I felt like in the end, obviously Coelho, you know, got the match point or the tournament point essentially. Um, and I felt like mm-hmm. towards the end, he was absolutely amazing. He basically got every smash back, like. The point that he did off his own glass was insane. Um, Unbelievable. But I felt Tapia was just very consistent throughout. And you can see he's a bit like the leader of both of them. Um, and I think basically he's the one that essentially got them back in the, in the second set. Um, just very solid all round. Um, playing the angles incredibly well. Um, mm. And despite the fact that obviously Coelho, I think, in maybe the last couple of games was the one that like really stood out um, and was sort of more winning the points. I feel like overall um, that was the one that like, I guess, kept the composure and made sure that they were in it towards the end. And then obviously Goya finished it off. I don't know. What, what do you think? That is a great question. Yeah. I, I've got to actually agree with everything you said, um, funnily enough, because I actually do think that Goya towards the end was, was key. And uh, you know, won a lot of the points. But I think uh, throughout the tough parts of the final, I think it was Dabia who held them, um, and he he was definitely being the leader. I think defensively, he's just outstanding, better than Guayu, to be honest. Um, and I think um, very very interesting. I heard um, the well Guayu and Dabia's coach saying before the game that this was a struggle, uh, a court that they've traditionally struggled on. Because of the reflections, apparently there's a lot of like uh, issues with the reflections, and they see lights depending on the angle. And very when true. you know Goyan Tapia being very aggressive, they go up to to block bandejas and Viwaras right up to the net. And apparently it was a struggle for them. And there were moments during the game where Goya was saying, "I'm just not feeling it. I'm not seeing the ball very well." And I think Tapia kept on pushing, and I think he he really helped them. You know, when they were struggling in the first set, they were a breakdown. It was him who who really kept them in the game. And um, yeah, I've got to agree. 
he he was the MVP. Although I was really surprised with Vinedo's level. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, um, for sure. So aggressive as well for his kind of game. That first set was Vinedo completely. I felt. Um, then Stupa, you know, grew into the game. Obviously, he loves the rulo. He was he was like <laughs> hammering those towards the end. But Vinedo on the volleys and just an absolute defensive masterclass. But like the first like two three games were essentially they just broke broke them. It was incredible. So aggressive. Um, he definitely would have been my MVP if if you know Stupa and, and Dineno managed to win. Um, but yeah, 100%. I mean, and, and it's a great point what you said about the court. I actually I believe in one of the moments where they're taking the pause for for the break of, of the game, um, Tapi I think said like, okay, I think I finally adjusted now, and now I'm like able to see the the ball, you know, with with the reflection and stuff. But that was definitely he did issue. indeed. Yeah, that was definitely an issue at the beginning, especially. Um, when they, when they were just, they just seemed like just not in, they didn't start the game like very active, just seemed very passive. Um, Agreed. And I think, and I think that was probably one of the issues why. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, they were lucky they managed to sort it out right at the end, you know, when, uh, uh, towards the end of the first set, I mean, you know, Dinan Stuba was serving, uh, five, four to win the set and they ended up winning it in the tie break. I think they almost, it, it seems like they clicked right in that game. Um, and I did feel that Tapia was the was the key man there. So, um, yeah, I mean, great to see, great tournament. And um, changing the subject a bit, and um, given that I think there's one big thing that we haven't uh, spoken about um, about the tournament um, is Alex Reef's issue with the watch. Um, for a bit of context uh, for viewers, basically it was a match point in the match between Momo González and Sanyo Gutiérrez against Alex Reef and Juan Tello. It's a match point to Momo and Sanyo. And when Sanyo was at the net and essentially ready to hit the ball por cuatro, i.e. You know, make it leave the court through, around the back, um, Alex Reef fell, well, fell, on, fell on the ground, fell on the court and dropped his watch. Uh, it kind of went loose and it, and it fell on the court. And apparently the rules state that if that happens during a point, then the point is replayed, at least if it happens in the first instance. I believe that if it happens again, then the point goes to the other pair. Um, and Gons, basically, I just wanted to get your views on it because obviously Alex asked, uh, well, asked for the point to be replayed. And it was, and they actually ended up, Alex and Deo won that point. They ended up losing the match, but it would have been amazing if, if they'd then gone on and, and won the match because Sanyo and Momo had, had won it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, another week uh, that goes by, but you can't, the drama doesn't go <laughs> by. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, obviously, to be honest with you, um, I don't think the point should have been replayed. Um there's obviously the legal perspective, which I completely understand. Like the rules are the rules, and it was fair, right? Like from a, just if you just look at strictly at the rules, it's true. The the watch fell, um, but then I think you have to go a step further and interpret, right? Like Alex Ruth was just completely on the floor. Um, Sanjo was just literally, you know, really easy ball to get it out. Um, there was no like there was no chance that that watch sort of you know would have caused any issues in terms of like Alex Ruiz's ability to get to the ball, which would have been impossible in any case. 
Um, so I think in that moment, you know, as a as a player, you just have to step up and say, look, well done, you won the match and and that's it. Um, obviously, then Alex Ruiz took to social media and like, you know, he's, he's sort of apologized. Um, but yeah, I guess if you go by the letter of the law, you know, he did he did do um, it was it was fair. But personally, I just think that at that point, the watch had absolutely no interference. They won the match and it shouldn't have been replayed. I guess as well, like the law was made for situations where it's like, it, I don't know, it clearly causes some, you know, some issue and, and the players are like, okay, let's just stop the point. Like in many cases when we're playing and there's a ball that comes from the other court and you're playing midpoint yep. and then obviously like you're there and like just a new ball comes, then everyone stops the game and, you know, everyone's like, okay, guys, let's just replay the point. That's completely fair. That's sportsman-like conduct, but I feel like, Alex Reed in that moment should have just like, you know, handed in, um, essentially, you know, shake hands, well played, and that's it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think that the point was one. I mean, he was on the on the ground. The moment that the watch dropped off his wrist, I yeah. mean, the ball was literally by the net and Sanya was ready to smash it out of the court, which he did do. So yeah. I don't really I don't really understand well. Obviously, I do understand he just played by the rules, but I think it was very unfair because yeah. I think he knows very well that that point was won, that the watch didn't interfere in the point um, exactly. at all. So I think that's he should key, have just right? said... I think that's the key. Exactly. The watch just doesn't exactly. interfere. Like, I would have mm -hmm. understood, for exactly. example, if, if he's standing up and, I don't know, he just slips for some reason because of his watch. I don't know how. But anyways, if, if it's like he's standing up, I don't know, potentially block it or something... Um, and there's some sort of interference, then fair enough. But I just don't think there was any sort of interference. Yeah. And, you know, even if it's at a different moment during the last point, you know, if he drops it uh, right at the start and he realizes it, you know, the, the couple of shots are played and then he, he actually stops it and says, can we replay the point? I guess that's fair enough, but not when you're on the ground. He, the, the point was one. I mean, it, it, it was done. So, yeah, I think not very good. Great that he took social media and apologized. And obviously that's what you have to do. And to be honest, probably Galan should have done something like Greif mm. did and, you know, sent a video and, and apologized, even though he did after the game. And that's fair enough. And to be honest, you never know how you're going to react in these situations. And, you know, these are their lives and, and they, you know, these are their jobs. And I guess it could happen in the heat of the moment. You want to play by the book because you don't want to lose the match. But I do think that he made a mistake. And, well, at least he realised. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that is true. Um, but anyways, they did give us a great tiebreak. <laughs> it was a great tiebreak. It was a great tiebreak. And actually, yeah, I just wanted to touch very, brief, touch very briefly on... Um, Momo and Sanyo's performance because in our previous podcast we didn't really talk about them as the fourth pair even though they were obviously seeded as the fourth pair and we didn't really bet on them um, and I thought they were outstanding what did you think? Yeah I thought they were outstanding um, as well um, maybe I think I disrespected them a little too much uh, <laughs> in the previous week I uh, definitely so, did so apologies for that but having said that, I do think that this court specifically really benefited both of them. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I feel like Deo and Alex like could have like gotten into the game very easily. Um, they had a couple of moments where they were, you know, they were up, uh, like you know, break points up, like break game up, um, and stuff like that. And it could have like also gone their way, um, despite you know Alex at the beginning, especially just m- missing very easy volleys, um, and this type of court not be not being like their sort of game style at all. Um, so as long as they sharpen up defensively, I think like they could have taken the game, but obviously nothing to take away from what Momo and, and Sanjo did because like um, they were both spectacular. I think each one in the, had their moment of brilliance and, you know, I really liked Sanjo being the leader there. Um, yeah. I thought he was so good, like speaking with Momo and really controlling the game and um, you know, also doing some absolute magic. Um, with, uh, with yeah, with I, th- us. I thought he was exquisite. Like he just looked so in form. And to be honest, having not played tournaments for for a few tournaments due to Bella's injury, um, yeah, I was really surprised. He he looked really really good. You know, as good as he looked last year when he was chasing the number one spot in the world with Tapia. So great, great to see. Um, Indeed. And I think this probably takes us to the paddleboard race. Correct. Not a good week for me. Not a not well. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it hasn't been a good week. Um, Gonz, do you want to do the score recount so that everyone yeah. knows how we're doing? Um, so my bet to win the whole tournament was Leona Nangalan, uh, which obviously wasn't the case. <laughs> Just to give a bit of context, we record these episodes on a Sunday. Um, and so obviously when the draw, when the news came out that Lebron Angalan weren't going to participate, that was literally the day that I think they were supposed to play, which maybe was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so, (laughs) so I was fully expecting them to go ahead and play. Um, but in any case, it was a big shock. Yeah. (laughs) In any case, score, score count is, uh, Hugo takes the lead only momentarily, uh, with four points. (laughs) And I sit behind with three points. So, you know, still still, still can catch up. Uh, but basically, points for guessing uh, Coelho and Tapia reaching the semifinals and Dineno as well reaching the semifinals. That's both of us. And then a point for Coelho and Tapia reaching the final for both of us. Uh, but then Hugo got a point as well because he got the winner uh, of the tournament being Coelho and Tapia and extending their, their streak. Uh, so... I guess this one is going to be an interesting one because uh, it's a 500. None of the top, I think it's the eight seeds are actually playing. It is. Um, exactly. Eight seeds. So a very good chance for, you know, the lower ranked players to grab a title uh, and, you know, to continue uh, climbing up the, the ladder. Uh, this week, I'm going to give it to you uh, to start your, your predictions Ooh. as you gave it to me last okay. week. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. And I think, um, yeah, a great week uh, last week. Still still very tight, obviously only leading by a point. I've got to say, when I looked at the draw, I had absolutely no clue where, where to start. Such a tight draw, so many good pairs. And obviously with the top seeds being out, it's so hard to call. But I'm going to go for it straight away. I think the semifinals will be, semifinal one will be Moyano Gil against... Capra Arroyo and semi-final two will be Pincho Diestro 
against San Garrido. Those are my shouts. Um, in terms of sets, I'm going to say 2-1 to Moyano, uh, sorry, Capra Arroyo against Moyano Gil. So Capra Arroyo make the final. And then in Pincho Diestro against San Garrido, I'm saying 2-1 to San Garrido. So the final would be Cabra Arroyo against Santa Garrido. Very tough to call. I thought Santa Garrido were very good against Tapian Coelho when they played them in Brussels. So that's why kind of I've banked on them. I've got to say I was very close to saying Ramirez and Cardona, um, given that they've been so good this season playing together. But yeah, I went, I went off them. But yeah, as I say, the final, I think Cabra and Arroyo are going to win the Alicante Open and beat San Garrido in the final 2-1. So it's going to be very tight. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's looking like great semifinals and a final then, all three setters. Uh... Yes. I mean, that's that's my shout. But yeah, I've got to say, going against Cardona, um, Ivancho has been a, a tough call. But I just think they've got a very tough draw because I believe they're playing, they would play number one seeds in Maxi Sanchez and Campagnolo in their second match. So that's going to be very tough for them. But yeah, over to you, Gons. Yeah, so I'm actually going for the exact same semifinals. Uh, oh, Moyano wow. Gil, uh, Cabra Arroyo uh, in the top half. Um, you know, I'm a massive fan of, of Moyano Gil. Uh, and in the bottom half as well, Pinto Diestro um, against Santan Garrido. I think like you mentioned as well, I was really impressed with Santan Garrido. Um, their first round matchup, they beat, you know, Ivanton Cardona, like convincingly. And then, you know, like 6-3-6-3 against Coelho Tapia. So, you know, still really good. And Garrido has been great as well this yep. year, you know, when he started with Chimbo Very good. Stuff. Um, th so then for the final, well, I'm going to go for the first semifinal, I'm going to go 2-1 Moyano Gil. Um, okay. For the second semi-final, I'm going to go to love Santan Garrido. And I think okay. in the final, it's going to be Garrido Sanz take it over to love. To love. So you think they're going to, well, pretty much clean up in the semis and the finals, lose no sets? I think so. I think they're going to be really good. Um, I think, yeah, Sanz is just a very good all-round all player. Um, and Garrido, la metralleta, uh, is just going <laughs> to go go about his business. Um, but like I said, I mean, like you mentioned as well, really hard to call. Um, all have like very good players. I mean, I think we're leaving out, um, you know, like Ricosburger, I think would, could potentially also have like a, a decent run because, you know, even though they lost in their first round, they went three sets against Pincho and Diestro. Like you never know. Um, Agreed. as you mentioned as well, Gancho Cardona, um, you know, Campagnolo Sanchez as well, being the number one seed. So it will be definitely a, a very interesting tournament to to watch. Exactly. And I think there's even a couple of other very good players. I actually really like um, Gonzalo Rubio and Jorge Ruiz. Mm. I think they've been, well, reaping some very good results recently. I think they, they work very well together for the, just for a bit of context for the viewers they I think they played together well they did play together a number of years ago and they recently teamed up again and they've been playing really well so I thought they could be a good shout 
And even the other pair that I really liked was, well, I just think Coqui uh, Nieto has been playing re really, really well recently with Pablo Lima. And he's going to play the tournament with Miguel Semler, who um, people may not know. He was playing in World Paddle Tour last season. This season, he's been playing in the A1 Paddle Tour um, with an ex-World Paddle Tour player in Pablo Lijo. And I think that pair could be very interesting, mainly because I think Coqui Nieto has been playing some of the best paddle he's played. And I simply haven't gone with the, for them because I don't think Semler is in his best moment. But um, yeah, so many good pairs. Even Ruiz Benjamini, great pair as well, which we haven't spoken about. Um, Leal Beluati as well. Yeah, there's uh, there's going to be a lot of, I feel like, the, the round of 16 is just going to be great, I think. The first, second rounds are going to be really good, really good to watch. Yeah, very, very tight from the off. And, well, some of the top seeds may go out straight away. I mean, I could definitely see Sanchez and Campagnolo being the number one seeds and losing their first match. So, exactly. yeah, great. Very excited. And to be honest, quite excited to watch a tournament without the top seeds. I think it's good for paddle. And I think, yeah, just, just very excited as always. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Um, so I guess this brings it to a close. Um, do you have anything else to say, Hugo? Not too much else to say. Obviously, very happy to be the leader of the paddle pod race. Um, but yeah, I won't say it too much because this can change very quickly, as we know. And um, well, to be honest, just really looking forward to Lebron and Galan being back on the tour because I think that will add another, well, level of fun and all, obviously you know, competitiveness to the tour, which I think, even though it's been a great start to the season, I do think they're very much missed. And apart from that, just, yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed. Please let us know if there's any specific topic you want us to talk about in the next, well, in the upcoming pods. And yeah, Gons, pleasure as always. Likewise, Hugo. Thanks for, for joining and coming along. And yeah, I hope everyone has a, has a great week of paddle. All the best.